Good morning, NSD East. We are done a crazy week one Sunday. Tone to Shields, my man is here to talk some football with me today. Obviously, I am Jeff Kerr. Tone, I think the Cowboys are done, man. Ah, you know, (laughs) it's funny you said that. I tweeted last night and I basically said, did the the Cowboys season end before it even started? It might have ended in the fourth quarter last night. I I still thought they'd be okay if Dak was healthy. But then that whole play with Shaq Barrett hitting the thumb, not once but twice, by the way, I'm like, oh, that didn't look good. And then, you know, you just saw Dak's reaction and just – then you saw Mike McCarthy after the game, and it was already a disaster for Dallas, by the way, for those of you who didn't see the whole game last night. The Cowboys' offense was putrid. Um, CeeDee Lamb got 11 targets, only two catches. He was number one receiver for the Cowboys last night. I- I'll tell you what the Cowboys were missing, Tone. They were missing Amari Cooper. Absolutely. They, they were missing Tyron Smith. They were missing <laughs> Leo Collins. And, I mean, really, it-, it showed. Like, Dak was pressured all night. They just had no sync. Kellen Moore didn't make any adjustments in the air to Mike McCarthy. And they could have scored more than three points last night. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because the defense held the Buccaneers to 19 points. You would think that'd be enough. You would think that would be enough to win that game. But no one accounted for the offense actually being as as incompetent as they were. Dak just looked like a shell of himself. He looked like he he looked like he didn't have the right touch on his um his balls. Like it was just, you know, it just it, he 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 didn't really look like a comfortable guy that I normally see it comfortable in week one. It's so fun. You you compare it to the first Buccaneers matchup last season in week one, and it's like two different quarterbacks. It really is. And I, I thought a key part of this game was Tony Pollard, six carries, eight yards. I think he's better than Ezekiel Elliott right now. And Zeke had I think it was I think he ended up with 10 for 58, something like that. But the Bucs defense, Todd Bowles has made it a priority. You are not running off the Bucs. They are league leaders in yards per game allowed running the football for a reason. They only allow 80 yards a game. Dallas didn't get that. And I thought Dallas was going to come out throwing, but no one was open. Dalton Schultz was probably the only player on that team open. Jalen Tolbert is not ready. He's not. And Noah Brown, I think he, he was their leading receiver with six catches. Dallas is missing James Washington. Amari Cooper's not there anymore. Cedric Wilson. Yep, Cedric, Cedric Wilson, another one. He was an underrated player. And why? Because Dak Prescott's making over $40 million a year, and Ezekiel Elliott's making uh, around $18 million a year to be a show of himself. And it's poor roster construction. They're good on the defensive side of the ball. We saw that last night. Demarcus Lawrence looks like a great player still. Micah Parsons, two sacks. He's a beast. And I don't know if you saw Tone. Did you see Michael Parsons kind of like go off on Twitter a little bit? No, I didn't. You know, and I would actually prefer, you know, Micah's a vocal, he's a vocal guy, you know. And, you know, I'm all about guys expressing themselves. So, I, you know, I can't even, you know, let me not even give him grief because I'm all about guys expressing themselves, really. But, you know, after a loss, maybe you should just, you know, tuck your tail a little bit and just relax. Put the phone down, right? Don't listen to Jeff Kerr and Tony the Shields. Let's just put it that way. If you're yeah, athlete. yeah. I mean, I'm not a professional athlete, so I can pretty much tweet, you know, whatever I want for the most part. You know, as long as I represent Jacob Sports properly, right? But, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you can't go out and say Dak Prescott's this and that's and that. <laughs> that would work out. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
But yeah, so what Micah got everybody riled up on, you saw the Fournette block on him, right? Where he just basically come the shreds. Yeah, he popped him. But you know, he you know, it was it was a chip block. So I mean, it was it, it wasn't like he got him, it wasn't like he got him straight up, but it was still pretty exciting. Oh, to see. that's what that's what Micah pointed out. He goes, Hey, you know, make sure I'm paying attention when you do that to me next time. And yeah, everybody just blew up and then Micah just went on a series of tweets. I'm like, look, but like Micah didn't harm anybody. It was a harmless tweet, but it, like you said, it's just put the phone down. Like it, you don't need this and it, you're bringing the attention to you. It, it, it just seemed like a, a very individual mentality. Well, I play well, so I can tweet. You know what? Really quickly, um, Jeff, you know what that speaks to? It speaks to the Cowboys culture. Yes. They don't have a firm grip on how their players should conduct themselves and or how they should respond after a loss. More so that there's no, you, you would never see an Eagles player or I can't think of another team really in the NFL. You will see them going, you know, being focused on more so how they looked in a game versus how the team looked after a loss. He was like, that's a, that's a Cowboys issue. That is a tried and true Cowboys issue. And, the Cowboys will never, ever be able to take the next step until, you know, the next generation of uh, the Jones family takes over. You know, there is a culture issue in, in in Dallas, and it will never, ever change. They will never win because they cannot – they don't have a firm culture. They don't have – they don't have something that should be respected, in my humble opinion. They move like they're the greatest gift to God's green earth. I – the Cowboys, you can literally book their failure because of their culture. They don't know. They don't know how. They don't know how to win, and they don't know how to be graceful losers. Well, I was talking with Mike Hay uh, from Pro Football Network on Twitter last night, and you know, some people thought it was an argument. I just, uh, Mike and I are friends. It's a healthy discussion, right? And he said, "Oh, th- you know, they haven't had as much drama, or I, I forget how he worded it. It was." If you were under 25, you all know a Cowboys team that didn't have this much drama. And I said, under 25, I'm like, you remember them in the 90s? When they were winning, they had drama. It was Michael Irvin not getting enough passes or Emmitt Smith's contract or Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones fighting. And they were winning games. It was always drama with Jerry Jones as the owner and still drama. There's one thing Jerry Jones loves more than the Cowboys winning, and that's us talking about it. Bottom line. And and That's you see what's going on about that franchise. Like to me, they're they're on the stroke of be, becoming irrelevant in 2022. You know, speaking of drama, that Eagles Lions game, man, yeah. <laughs> that that one now, had now, me on the edge of my seat. The Eagles, in my opinion, right now, they cannot lose the NFC East. Not they, they better not. They, they they can't. Like Eagles fans can be upset as they want. They get thir- they gave up 35 points. What are they today? They're one and up. I, I don't care. They scored 38 points between the second and third quarters. Their offense looked incredible. If you really want to nitpick on the defense, and I will, Jordan Davis should have played more. Bomb up. Absolutely. Great point, Jeff. You know, I noticed it. I'm thinking to myself, why is Marlon Tuipilotu on the on the field more than Jordan Davis? I didn't get it. If Jordan Davis is on that field yesterday, maybe that, um, maybe that Lions rushing attack wouldn't be as potent. This is my, again, I think Steph Jordan may have pointed this out yesterday on the postgame show, and I, I was noticing it too. Didn't the Eagles look out of shape, look tired? 
That second half, that defense looked really out of shape. Yeah, yeah, they, they just look beat. And here's the thing: when you're up 31-14, you should not look beat. You shouldn't. And again, we got to bring it up: do they practice hard? I've seen them practice. I know they busted for an hour and a half, but football games are three hours. I I don't know. I just didn't feel like they were right. The defense, especially, they were not ready for week one. They weren't. And I don't know where to blame Nick Sirianni for that. I don't know where to blame Joffa Gannon for that. Or that's how the I mean, you gotta give the Eagles some credit. They they were one of the few teams that were fully healthy going into week one. And they didn't suffer any major injuries. So I know it's a 17 game season. I know it's a grind, but they just looked like a team that was not ready to play for the most part to start the game and to finish the game. Yeah, the, it's interesting because there was a section in that game where Jared Goff couldn't pass the ball at all. And that was even without a pass rush. And we're going to talk about that. You know, there was Jared Goff, there was a point in the game where Jared Goff was completing less than 40% of his passes or less. Like he, he wasn't, he wasn't accurate or he at least tried to be, but he, you know, the, the Lions had a lot of drops on top of that. Uh, the Eagles DBs were actually playing pretty good coverage, you know, between the second and third quarters. And like you said, conditioning became a factor. Those guys didn't have a second or third win. You just saw those guys dragging. And it really started after the pick six. Um, I think that defense had to have a quick turnaround, and that's where it started. Here was my thing, too. When everybody was getting mad when they got the 38-35, I'm sitting to myself, I'm like, Eagles fans didn't want to hear this all year. All summer, the Lions offense was good. What was Darius Slay supposed to do on that ball to DJ Sharp? That was that a perfectly thrown ball. Darius Slay could tackle him and there would be a pass interference. I'm like, Eagles fans didn't want to hear it. The Lions offense was good. By the way, Frank Ragdow is was banged up. They were on their third string right guard. And Jameson Williams is out. Detroit's going to win games this year. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but – they're going to win six, seven games. That offense is good, and they play hard for their coach. Detroit was the more in-shape team on Sunday. They were. Right. The only reason the Eagles won is because they were more talented than them, which is how they built their roster. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's so funny. That's what John McMullen was saying, right? Shout out to John McMullen from Bergs through 65. He was saying that, you know, this game is going to be closer than what people think, and the Eagles, the reason the Eagles will win is because they're just more talented. Straight like that, you know, and, you know, I got to give credit to got to give credit to do Staley, man. You know, you know, on Hard Knocks, there was a clip of him going at DeAndre Swift saying, hey, you're dancing too much. Hit the hole, punch yep. your foot and go. And you saw that, you know, materializing on, on materializing on the field. DeAndre Swift was DeAndre Swift was very decisive. He was a very decisive runner um, last um, um, yesterday. And we the Eagles almost blew the game. Let's be honest. They almost blew the game. Um, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the the Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown show, Sanders, they they yeah. will blew the game. It's they had yeah. the plays of the day. Uh, Bob, I'm going to say this right now: the Eagles won that football game because of Jalen Hurts. I don't want to hear any Jalen Hurts slander on any of these shows today. Bottom line, they won that football game because Jalen Hurts is really good at playing football. Can you imagine if Jalen wasn't mobile? Yeah, exactly. Like they, yesterday. They, they couldn't do a blitz pickup to save their life. And the lines were shooting through the A-gap. It was – whatever Aaron Glenn was dialing up was working. 
it, the Eagles, if you look at the stats, they didn't give up a lot of pressures, but Jalen Hurts was blitzed the second most of any quarterback in football. Who was number one? Patrick Mahomes. You know what yesterday taught me? Well, I already knew this. Don't don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. But you know what? Don't blitz Jalen Hurts here. He knows what to do when he gets blitzed. Take off because you ain't stopping. Yeah, and a lot of people were saying, I would have loved to see him stick back there and, you know, maneuver in that pocket and throw the ball. I'm like, were you guys watching the game that I was watching? He no, had oh, you, you no time. He didn't throw the ball. He didn't throw the ball. He literally had no time to even make us to make a my favorite was analysts were doing this. Oh, Adrian Brown was open on that third down where Jalen Hurts just blitzed. I'm like, he didn't have time to throw the ball. Don't you guys ever play football? He had no time to throw the ball. He had a second to get rid of that football. So, so many Lions defensive line. See, it wasn't as if they were – these guys were able to get off the line free. They yeah. weren't the, – the, the, our offensive line wasn't able to chip them or, you know, pick up the, pick up the blitz. They were actually getting off free. And he had to find a way to make guys miss and make a play. I got to lead into this, too, before um, Mike Gill comes on at 7-20. Everybody got on Carson Wentz for that bad pick yesterday. Carson Wentz had a bad pick yesterday that gave the Jaguars the lead. Carson Wentz balled out yesterday. For He had his stretch where he always does. But, oh, my God, was he throwing some good balls yesterday to John Dotson. John Dotson is going to be a problem in this division. He had two touchdowns yesterday. Carson Wentz was able to find Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel looks back. Tone, I know it was just the Jaguars. And I it's week one. It's our reaction Monday. But, man, does that commander's passing game look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But, like you said, Carson Wentz made crucial mistakes to almost boot a game. And yeah, that's going to forever be. That's and, the problem. And, yep, and that's going to forever be who he is. So, you have to bank on that. I mean, he's a. At the end of the day, mistakes aside, he's a good quarterback. He knows how he he knows how to play the position, right? And that and 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 he does make that ran. I mean, that he does make that commander's uh, pass attack look a little bit more potent, um, the more than Tyler Heineke did. But I I think the Eagles are still the better the better still the better team. But the the, the Eagles have to be prepared for what's what's to come because Carson Wentz makes them a bit more dangerous. So now, in my opinion, this 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 just became. Not this just became the Eagles slash Commanders NFC E race instead of the Eagles Cowboys NFC race NFC you know East what, race. You know what the Eagles said to be Carson Wentz? What Jacksonville was doing early in the second half yesterday? Blitz it. Trayvon Walker was getting the Carson Wentz. Um, Josh Allen was getting the Carson Wentz. Jag- the Jacksonville Jaguars had a nice game plan in that second half to take the lead of that game. But again, Washington beat them, I think, because they have more talent and. Look, Jahan Dotson made a huge difference in that game yesterday. When Carson went through the 41-yard pass to Terry McLaurin, I think that was a turning point for that. Washington survived, but you know what? Sometimes survival is better in week one. Just say it's Lovey Smith. They're going to Lovey Smith for playing for the tie. Guess what? Texans are tied for first. I don't care. They're tied for first. Yeah, and, you know, really quickly, you know, before we get Mike Gale in here, um, he hasn't got here yet, but, you know, he's on his way. Um that just double back to the Eagles. I have concerns about the pass rush. I have concerns about the run defense. You know, this this is going to be a problem if the pro- a problem when they face an actual good team. You know what I mean? It's, and they're facing a good team next week. There's yeah, a good yeah, up. And, that, and that team and that team beat Aaron Rodgers Packers. And I understand it's week one, 
I understand. But I was telling people, he's going to miss Devontae Adams. He's going to miss him. He is people, missing him. Yeah, I mean, you people saw are going to underestimate it all they want, but he's going to miss. Watson was Adams. wide open on a play yesterday on a pass you and I might have been able to catch, and he dropped it. Now we we can't get open like Christian Watson could, and Christian Watson may make that catch five weeks from now, but he needed to make it yesterday when it was seven nothing, and he didn't do it. It's it, it's crazy, Tony. It, it, I mean, you're right. It's Devontae Adams made a big difference in the in the team in the game he was playing with yesterday, in the game he was playing for. He was in 10 catches, 141, a touchdown with the Raiders. He's still good. I, I can't believe Aaron Rodgers couldn't take a pay cut and keep him. But I, I'll tell you what, uh, here's another NFC East thing we got to talk about. The Giants are over 500 for the first time since 2016. I did not think I was going to say that on that show at all this year. Wow. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is that 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 is that is that's pitiful, you know. And it is. It, it I can't believe they're able to they stole one on the road, and it gets the Tennessee Titans. Now, me, I've I've been one to I've been one to say that the Tennessee Titans are going to take a huge step back. I understand they still have Derrick Henry, but you're still, gonna, you're, you're still you're still you're still going. You lost Julio, you lost AJ Brown. You think all of a sudden your pass attack is still going to remain the same? No, it's not. Just remember this. The Eagles only had to give up a first-round pick to get A.J. Brown, essentially. To get A.J. Brown. The Titans could have used A.J. Brown yesterday. They, they were so out of sync at times during this game. I got to give Brian Dable all the credit in the world. This is what happens when you actually have a good football coach running your team. You go for two when it's 20-19, and you give the ball to your best player, and you let your best player do his thing. That play did not look great. On, on the outskirts, but Saquon Barkley got that ball at the three on that two and muscled his way in there. That's what good players do. Saquon Barkley, if healthy, I don't care how bad the Giants may look at times this year, he is going to be a problem every single week if he's healthy. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, good coaches, when the game's on the line, you, you put the you put the ball in your, in, your, in your best player's hand. And, you know, Saquon, he's, he's, he's in a very interesting situation because – He's playing for a contract. You know, I'm not sure if the Giants are going to actually give it to him. I mean, it all it all depends. It, it all depends on how he looks this year, and you know, the market and all that kind of stuff. It's I, and people people don't want to give big money to running backs because of health concerns. And look, this is a 17 game season. We only played one game, right? And sure, maybe we're overreacting to some things, right? Maybe the Eagles. Well, I mean, we react to a guy who is probably a top five running back in football when he's healthy and at 194 total yards, 164 on the ground. And oh, by the way, the coach actually knows how to get in the ball in space and let him do his thing. That's scary to me. And people seem to forget this guy had 2,000 all-purpose yards his rookie year. He was, I mean, yards are screwed. He was good. And yet yeah, injuries have been the killer for him. But Saquon has been Saquon when he's healthy. For the most part. And now he's got a coach who's going to utilize him the right way. Because he, is there a chance that he can is there a chance that he may be overutilized? I mean, that that's I a factor as well. Week, it's week one. That that's the thing. But he, they might have to overutilize him because they don't have anything. You know who they gotta use more. I hate to say it, Kadarius Tony. I don't think he's good, I'll be honest. I'm I I'm not here, but I think they gotta use him because they don't have much. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, we just got Mike in. Yep. So, yeah, what we're going to do, we're going to hit this break. 
You know, you guys were locked in on Good Morning NFC East with Jeff Kerr. I am the producer slash your quarterback, host. baby. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I'm not throwing picks today, man. I'm throwing dimes. Shout out to my man, Jeff Kerr. You guys are locked in on Good Morning NFC East. Next up, we have Mike Gill to discuss the latest on your Philadelphia Eagles, his reaction to this game, you know, the state of the NFC East. You know, there's a lot of things to get into, you guys. So buckle up and stay locked in, you guys. This is Good Morning NFC East with Jeff Kerr. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on can Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Monday mornings with Mike, and I'll tell you what, Mike, crazy, crazy day in the NFC East yesterday. It was a wild NFC East day. And in fact, um, I think Friday night when you joined us, I had warned Pete Thompson because we do our survivor pool 
two people on our staff picked Tennessee, and I said, eh, I don't think I like that one too much. The Giants. You know, I changed my pick. I did a. I do one of those like um uh, super contests. I picked the Giants. I, I I can't believe I pivoted. I said on the air, uh, yeah, the Titans are gonna win. No, I, I switched it Saturday. Well, how many times, you know, in the couple of weeks that the Good Morning NFC East has been alive, we've both kind of said, I think the Giants are moving in the right direction. Do I think they're going to win 10 games? Not necessarily, but the, the culture is moving in the right direction. And I have said on my show, the last couple of years, I have been a big Tennessee fan. This year, not a Tennessee fan. I have really changed on them. No A.J. Brown. And I just think they're starting to have that team that wins the 13 games, can't get over the hump, and they start to take the steps backwards. Too many times near the top, couldn't get over the top. The decline starts. This felt to me like a perfect overlook the Giants, and the Giants take one from you. Um, so, yeah, you see the culture has changed there a little bit. I thought that, that was a game that they definitely lose the last five or six years. It's amazing too, because I didn't think the Giants' offense looked great at all in the first half. It looked like they were getting—they were awful. Win. Yeah, but then Saquon Barkley gets that big run, and you know what happens when you actually give good players the football, like the Eagles with AJ Brown. Good things tend to happen, and I wanted to get into this a little bit because I am getting tired of it already. Devonta Smith didn't catch a pass yesterday. Who cares? They scored thirty-eight yeah. points with Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins. And Zach Pascal combining for one catch. I have zero issues with Devonta Smith not catching a pass. You know, what, what do you hear from fans when the team is running the ball and they're just running? You say, do it again. Do it again. Keep running it. Keep running it. If, if the defense is going to give you something, keep doing it. They refused to change their coverage on A.J. Brown. And I'm just going to keep throwing it to him until you make an adjustment. I will keep throwing it to him. I have zero problem with the ball distribution yesterday. Look, uh, this is the biggest thing that drives me insane. It's the NFL, a road game. I don't care how aesthetically pleasing a game looks. You won a game. What happened in that game yesterday at one o'clock? in Detroit has no bearing on what will happen in week four, 14, a playoff game, get out with a win. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Devonta Smith. In fact, Jalen Hurts addressed it yesterday. Look, Hey man, you're going to get yours. But yesterday they weren't defending AJ Brown. Why would I not? Why would I throw it to someone else? If they're not going to defend our best offensive weapon, I have no problem with what the Eagles offense did. I mean, they got off to a slow start. I think that's a byproduct. AJ, AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts did. That they were the two. Yeah. And it, I, well, I just they got off. The, I think it was a byproduct of not having a byproduct of not playing any preseason games. They looked really rusty. And look, quite frankly, give some credit to the Detroit defense yeah. one and the Detroit crowd. They came. They brought it, and they were a factor in that first quarter. It was loud in there, and I don't think the Eagles were ready for. What they what they walked into. I'll tell you what, Mike. I I love Eagles fans to death, but I hate arguing with them on Twitter because they always think they're right. And when it was getting announced, Dave Burke of the Detroit Free Press, he was telling people this: 
look, it's going to be a sellout Sunday. Eagle fans are like, we're taking over. We're taking over. No, you're not taking over. It's Dan Campbell bobblehead day. It's week one. There are Detroit Lions fans out there, and they brought it. I heard there were maybe there was maybe one corner that was Eagles fans. That was about it. Yeah, I know that there was a trip out there that had some people, but I can't imagine there was more than, again, I don't again, know. it's a local minority on social media that get a lot of retweets and a lot of likes. It happens. And look, I, I love Philly Sports Show. I, I love how they are bringing everybody out there. That's awesome. I hope they do it every single week. But it's not like you're bringing 60,000 people out. No, I, I, I was gonna say I, I know there's like Philly sports trips. They work with our station. We sent yeah. a winner to um, Washington in two now, weeks. I, I think more, I can see more fans in Washington. That's a little different. Yeah, I, I know they have a bus coming from our area down in Atlantic City, um, which they've never done before. This is the first time they, that they're doing that. But I think there's over a thousand people on that on the trip down there in total. So you're talking about a thousand people. I know there's other companies that do stuff like this, but listen, the 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 fact of the matter is Detroit finished last year three and three. So they are starting, they started last year turning the corner a little bit. They played hard all year last year. They were in a lot of one score games. Eagles fans remember that they went and, and smoked them 44 to six. That's an anomaly of their season. They were in a lot of games last year. They finished the season three and three. They've made some solid moves in the offseason to and not to mention now you have the coach there for the second year. That team, are they a playoff team? Probably not. But they are taking the steps of turning the page. Their culture is changing. And it's so important to have that feeling that we think we can win rather than we're just out here hoping we can win. Detroit you know thinks they can win. Their fans think that too. Like I tweeted a stat. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown tied an NFL record for consecutive games with eight catches and a touchdown. And Detroit fans were like, some were like, who cares? We lost. And then some fans were like, you know what? We might be pretty good. That that team, that Eagles team is really good. They're going to win the NFC East. Every Detroit fan was saying that yesterday. And they're like, we, we scored 35 on them. We brought it, you know. We were right there. We might be closer than we think. And I think Detroit fans can feel that today. Yeah. Well, and, and also, look, I mean, if you watch enough football, you understand. I think the Eagles defense had a bad day yesterday. There's a lot we could yeah. talk about there. But sometimes also, and I think, look, the Eagles need to improve defensively. I don't like the way I, – I thought John Gannon had a horrible day. You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt in the yeah. offseason. I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt this offseason. Look, you got new pieces. Um, it might take him a couple weeks to kind of figure out what he wants to do, but you're not getting any pressure. He sent Zippo pressure yesterday. Zero, nothing. He gave, I think they blitzed once and, and they actually in the first quarter, and that was it. I didn't see anything right. else. Um, but look what Detroit did. They came after you right off the bat. They came yeah. in and look, I get it. Buffalo on Thursday night didn't blitz one. Guess what? They were getting pressure without blitzing. You don't have to dial up a blitz if you're getting pressure. John Gannon keeps waiting for his defensive front to get pressure, and they're not getting it. Like, for whatever reason, they've got talent up front, but they're not getting to the quarterback. I, I say this all the time. Jim Schwartz was a good defensive coordinator for this city, but he wasn't liked. Jonathan Gannon, Jim Schwartz will run laps around Jonathan Gannon right now. I'm getting tired of John Began not blitzing, playing guys back, and just basically when they it got the 31-14, and 
And I know this is how the NFL works today, but let's let them get back in the game. How about let's not let let's dial it up a bit. Why don't we keep Jordan Davis in, who was stopping the run yesterday? And, and look, I, I think this is a bigger issue. The Eagles are out of shape, and I think that's why Jordan Davis wasn't playing as much. But this is what frustrated me. Detroit out-physicaled them yesterday. If Detroit well, was better, they would have won that game. I think Detroit took advantage of the Eagles' over-aggression with their tackles. The, the tackles were getting upfield pressure – and Detroit was running those little delay insides and just counter trapping you and delaying you to death in there because you were getting. Yeah, they uh, Swift had such a big day, but it wasn't like he was hitting the outside corners and no. beating you there. They were getting you with the up the field pressure. And as Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave were getting up the field, they were running right past them. And yep. they did it all day. The over pursue was all day. And you're right. When Jordan Davis was in the game, he had two distinct plays. When he was in the game, they tried to run that play, and he ate it up. I mean, he absolutely swallowed the running back. It was a third down and two, and he just absolutely swallowed the guy, gave him no place to go because he didn't over-pursue. He, he, he got off his block and just swallowed the running back. Uh, I thought Gannon had a terrible game plan yesterday, but that's not to say – Look, I, I I think that he had a terrible game plan yesterday, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that the Eagles are going to give up 35 points every single week because yeah. he gave up 35 points yesterday. You go back, you watch what you did. I think you go in with a game plan. This is one thing, you know, when I, I, I try to ask guys who play in the league when they're on my show is when something's not going right, like can you just not make an adjustment or change on the fly? And a lot of times they'll say, well, really, no. Like we didn't practice that stuff yeah, yeah, all yeah, week yeah. long. They, they go by what they practice and what they thought. Week one is such an anomaly because you don't know everybody's so secretive now. Did, did you really think the Eagles were going to – I mean, we saw it in training camp. Jalen Hurts was targeting A.J. Brown. But you did not see Jalen Hurts go to his left. You did not see Jalen Hurts take off on the blitz like he did yesterday. That's something Detroit's probably like, well, hold on a second. So, I, I, I don't know, Mike. It, it's just now you got film on people. I want to see what they, how that defense adjusts week two against a really good Vikings offense. Well, and listen, just for Eagles fans who are like, their defense was horrible. They, they went down to Atlanta last year and put up like 30-some points, and Only that's not what – and that's not what kind of offense they were. They just caught the team off guard because there was no tape on them. You didn't know what to expect. And they they went out there and executed very well. And then they got on tape the next week in San Francisco, bottled them up and shut them down. Just because you score 38 one week doesn't mean you're a 38 a point a game offense. Just because you give up 35 one week doesn't mean you're a 35 point a game defense. The tape gets out there, the teams make adjustments, and then you start to figure out where I am in this league. I thought offensively the Eagles settled in, but still, even settling in, Detroit sent the house at you. No hot reads. Where was the, the checkoff hot read? Where's the you know, they Did you even have time to do that at that point? Right. I mean, well, well, there was you're right. There was a lot of time where the, the play clock was winding down. They were they were snapping the ball with two seconds. They called timeouts because they didn't know where they were at. I think this is a byproduct of as many former players have said, they need to play preseason games for those reasons, not because this, that, or the other. It's the trade-off of trying not to get hurt, but 
this is the result. You see a team that looked very sloppy, and I think what you said, Jeff, they looked tired at times. They looked like they were not prepared very well and still got it out of there with a win. Unlike Dallas, who, by the way, played Tampa at home last night. I thought Dallas would give them a, a pretty good match. No, that Dallas team. Overmatched them. Overmatched them, Mike. I've been trying to say it cautiously, but I just don't think Dallas is very good. I've been trying to say the reason I think Dallas is in the conversation is because they have the best quarterback. They had the best quarterback. They had the best quarterback in the division. And they have the best defensive player. And you saw their defense kept them in that game last night. And that's this team is going to be much like the team two years ago when Dak got hurt, except they now have a defense to keep them in those games. That defense two years ago was so bad. They got better as that year went on, if you remember. But their games are going to be like that all season, 17-9. They can't score. They can't score. That, that offense, as I've been saying, their offensive line has deteriorated. They have no weapons on the outside. I don't think Lamb can handle being the A number one guy all by himself. 11 times, two catches. They shut him. Carlton Davis shut him down last night when he was on him. Well, they had nobody else. And they don't use Pollard enough. He's not ready. They they don't use Pollard enough. No, they don't. Well, he had six carries straight yards, and they just ditched him. Mike McCarthy is probably the worst – NFL head coach with, you know, and I don't say he's the worst of all of the coaches because some teams, guys are just. He's the worst head coach in the division. He's the worst head coach in the division. He's the worst head coach with talent. I mean, last year they had talent. He's the reason why they didn't win, just like Garrett before them. They were the most poorly coached, talented team last year, the Garrett years. And now. They are not talented, and they have a terrible head coach. They're, they're in this because they have a good defensive coordinator. That'll probably – I don't know. They've got they've got a stretch coming up. they got New York and Washington. If they, they can't the win those two games – well, look at the Bengals, who screwed me in my survivor pool. Um, <laughs> they've got the Bengals, and then they have New York and Washington. If they can't beat New York and Washington – at this stage of the season, they're going to be in for a long year, I think. Oh, yeah, because then they got the Rams, then they got the Eagles, and it, it, Dak doesn't look like he's playing at least the next five games. At least that's what the And Dak, uh, our friend Matt Lombardo tweeted, he looks pedestrian. I said, and you're being kind. Yeah, he I is want- being, Matt was being kind. Last, Matt and I were talking last night. Matt was being kind on that one. I think Prescott, before he got hurt, looked dreadful last night he was awful um they look terrible but again i'm not ready to judge them based off of one game but i had inclinations coming into this season that i i didn't think that team was going to be very good their defense is good it is oh i agree i agree they were getting pressure micah parsons is might be one of the best defensive players in football if not the best with tj watt out now it's absolutely insane. Trayvon Diggs had a good game last night. I, I thought that defense that you're right. That defense is gonna keep them in games, but that offense, they are going to play a quarterback right now that was not on their roster come Friday. Well, Cooper Rush has been there. Yeah, but on and on. he wasn't on the active roster because of the loopholes and stuff, but 
Cooper Rush ain't winning them three. No, listen, that team last night you saw is a byproduct of we talk about in Philly a lot. Howie Roseman got a ton of criticism over the years about he's horrible. He's got to go. He's terrible. He can't draft. Jerry Jones can't draft. Well, no, I disagree. The Cowboys draft well. Their problem is they don't know how to manage the cap. They don't know what to do when a contract co- – you cannot give Ezekiel Elliott that contract. That contract has handcuffed their rest of that roster. I, I should say it. They can't draft offensive linemen because they had they drafted a couple over the last couple years, and none of them are any good. Josh Ball is not any good. They are so lucky they found Terrence Steele. And I think Collinsworth pointed out last night. They are so lucky they found him in the undrafted free agent pool because I thought he played well last night. But the rest of them, Josh Ball, um, Matt Wazico, their fourth-round pick this year, he should be their left tackle, and Smith should be the left guard like they thought. Yeah. Now, well, Connor, guess, her, it's – I think Peters was is not ready. He'll probably go to left tackle. They'll probably move uh, Smith back to guard. But that being said, look, they have drafted well. Um they just don't know how to do the rest of the draft building. Oh, uh, another one, Mike. After Billy. J. Ron Curse is in the thing last night. J. Ron Curse is, he might be out. He's a good player. They're, they're oh, just falling. Oh. They lose McGovern for four to six weeks, probably with the ankle. I mean, they already lost their left. Look, this this team a couple years ago went through this where they had injury after injury after injury, and you had to listen to the Cowboy fans cry. For about 12 weeks, well, you're going to listen to them cry for about 16 weeks now because they're already – they've lost their quarterback. They've well, lost I, two I, pieces of the offensive yeah. line. It's going to be a long year for them, I think. I, I had someone say to me on Twitter, and I don't respond to a lot of people for this reason, but I had to do it. I was – I said something about the Cowboys offense like I was concerned about. Oh, Dak Prescott is a million times better than Jalen Hurts. I'm like, what does this have to do with Jalen Hurts? What does this have to do with anything? Probably the same I guy that got me. Yeah, it probably was, honestly. And I'm just like, dude. I responded the same way. I don't know what. Somebody responded to me about Jalen Hurts' contract. And once they give him that contract, I said, well, that's great. But that has nothing to do with the 2022 season. Yeah, that's Uh, all I care about. By the way, I thought Hurts yesterday basically bailed them out. I mean, without him, I don't think they win that game. They won that game because of him. If Jalen Hurts doesn't beat that blitz, if they have a statue back there, a quarterback, or they have Carson Wentz or whoever they people want back there, a passing quarterback, they lose. Well, they lose. speaking of Wentz, I mean, what'd you think of Wentz yesterday? He throws for three hundred thirty plus yards. Four good touchdowns yesterday. He did look good. <laughs> right, but he he had the four touchdowns, and then he has the two Wentz moments. So there's like flashes of both versions of Wentz in there but um and I said this I think on your show I think Jacksonville's a team that could have was a sneaky team uh I tweeted out yesterday my best bet of the week was the Vikings I thought the Vikings were gonna smoke that team and they did, they did. Uh, they did. I, I love the Vikings yesterday my survivor pool was Bengals that didn't go I said a sneaky uh, bet to watch was Jacksonville and they had a shot to win that game. They didn't end up covering, by the way. I'll tell you but, what. I'll say this. Jahan Dotson is going to be a problem in this division, Mike. He, he, he made Carson Wentz's life so much easier yesterday. Yeah, well, and Washington, I thought, just had too many weapons 
for Jack. That was what I was say. In the end, I think Jacksonville fought hard. They looked better. I didn't think Trevor Lawrence looked all that good yesterday. Yeah, he was okay. And you know what? Doug Peterson's right. Jacksonville, he's our biggest enemy this year is going to be ourselves. We are going to beat our – we're losing games. We're beating ourselves. He said, we beat ourselves a lot yesterday. And they asked him about Carson, and he was like, look, you know, the guy is a Super Bowl. He, he made a lot – he makes those throws. And he's giving yeah. his old quarterback some credit. Carson didn't – Carson gave the typical Carson answer when it came to Doug Peterson. Oh, well, we're 1-0. I'm like, oh, my God, just answer the question. For once, answer the question. Well, listen, Washington didn't look great yesterday, but they got out of there with something they haven't been able to do. Yeah, is they won a game. Right. They yeah. won. Everybody won yesterday in the division except for Dallas. And you move on. Like it's it's that week is now over. What are you gonna look like in week two? Like you look at a 17 game season and each week looks different. People hold on to what you look like this week and carry it and it's like then soon as the next game is played you totally forget what happened in week number one and now you're like well this is who we are it's like this is why these games i, I, I got it i have an awesome column every week for cbs sports now they want me to do week one overreactions versus reality right i am the king of overreactions when it comes to games i'm like the saquon barkley's gonna be a top five running back in football and then you gotta actually step back and and Think you know is that in a rant? Uh, he looked. He was the best running back in football yesterday. Uh, well, that he might be. It, look, he was drafted to be. When you draft a guy number two overall, he better be a top five running back. He looked like football. a top Otherwise, five not... running back yesterday. It's, he's the yeah. reason they won that game. Hey, another game that I, another team that I do not like this year. San Francisco. I told oh, everybody I do not have really them as a playoff bad. team. I did not have them as a playoff team on my who's in, who's out. And they. Sh I know that field was a sloppy mess yesterday. That, that's why that, I'm not going crazy over it. it yes. It, With Trey Lance on that field, that is a that was probably a little bit of a problem. But I think you just took a total culture change out there for no reason. And you lost to a team that many people thought was the worst team in the league entering now. Another guy that I said – if Justin Fields is the player that he was drafted to be, and I think he is. <laughs> and that be Bears team might surprise people. So this is how funny Week One of the NFL is. If someone would have said to me Friday, "Who are going to be the three worst teams in the league?" I probably would have said the Bears, the Giants, and the Texans, and they want to combine two zero and one yesterday. And the Falcons, who really should have yeah. won that game yesterday. The Falcons should have beat the Saints. James Winston went off in the fourth quarter. Taysom yeah. Hill had four carries for 80-some yards. It's What a weird game. Oh, Michael Thomas is back, too, by the way. Oh, and I said I have the Saints in as a playoff team. I've liked this. I know a lot of Eagles fans all kind of been mocking the Saints because of the draft pick situation. They're but I think the Saints good. are a playoff team. Their defense was disappointing yesterday. But they've got weapons on offense. Now, Winston, we'll see what ends up happening with that whole situation out with him. Uh, <laughs> yep. I mean, he's going to make mistakes, but he also threw for 5,000 yards. And I think I said this on your show last week, which is he threw for 5,000 yards in Tampa. He didn't have any weapons out there. Look what he's got here in, in, in New Orleans. You know, it's so weird. With They're one of those weird teams. Did you, by the way, I, I got to go a little NFL here before we head out. Did you see the Colts-Texans tie? Did you get to watch any of that yesterday? 
No. Uh, you know what? That's one of the few games that I did not check in on all day or saw so, nothing on. So one of the big things that's been debated is Lovey Smith had the ball at midfield. He had a fourth down. There was about maybe two minutes left. He punted, right? And they asked him after the game about it, and he said, look, a tie is better than a loss. And they're like, that's such a losing mentality. By I'm like, they're tied for first in the division. You know, tie, we've seen in Philadelphia, ties win divisions. I was going to say, we've seen it all over football where the tie actually does come into play, and it's for the better. You know, the team that gets the tie knocks it. If you were, you know – nine and seven or nine six and one the nine six and one team goes to the playoffs the nine seven team does not um so the tie really acts as a win in most situations i understand the mentality part of it it looks like you're just accepting a tie but in reality getting a tie is like taking a win yeah i i wish people would understand there's a big difference what brian dable did in going for two and going for the win yes loved it and lovey smith punting in overtime it's a big, big difference. Loved what Dayball did. Loved the hiring of Dayball. I have been steadfast, and I think you too, yep. about the culture changing in New York. That decision right there. And his answer after the game, they asked him, like, you know, hey, you know, you go, he goes, I don't care. You, you, you got you to gotta take chances. Sometimes you got to take chances. That answer tells you everything you need to know about where the Giants are going. Um, there's always a team that surprises and I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants now with Dallas kind of uh, – I think if you're if you're an NFC East fan watching this right now and you're a Dallas fan, if you're being true to yourself without Dak Prescott, even with Dak Prescott, you were probably like, yeah, you know, this is going to be – The sky's falling for a reason, Mike. It's oh, – You've got to take a look. Now, again, I'm not a big take what I saw in one week and then – that's gospel, but I didn't like Dallas long term this year. I certainly don't feel yeah. any different about that after week one. But the Giants were a team that I thought the culture was changing. I just didn't think that was going to translate to on the field wins yet. Uh, they might win more games than I thought. So I'm going to part with this the Giants had more 60 yard plays in the third quarter yesterday, too, than they did all last year. One, there, there. That's all I needed. That's all I need. Yep. Um. My look. I think the Giants yesterday did not look good for most of the game. No, no, they did. But they beat a team that I think's on the decline. On the road. On the road. Washington gets a win, and it's probably a game that in years past they don't have the quarterback play. I don't. I'm not saying Wentz was great yesterday. But he made some plays for them that I don't think the Tyler Hennekes make. Alex I, Smith, even in in his last years, I don't yeah. think he made those plays. So I think Wentz was good enough. We keep saying this offseason. Can he just be good enough? Yesterday he was just good enough. Now they beat Jacksonville. They're going to have to do better than that. Uh, Dallas was dreadful in all facets of offense last night. Defensively, they were very good. And Philadelphia – they even said it during the broadcast. You heard Collins right? He's like, they look really, really good. I don't think they look really, really good, but I think their offense is a huge problem for teams. They should not lose this division. That That's my week one overreaction. They should not lose this division. Mike, I got to let you go. Thanks for coming on. Next Monday, we're going to do it all again, my friend. I cannot wait. Actually, we're going to do it tonight. <laughs>
5 30 i'll be at ocean casino where the post game was yesterday uh we are at the same spot every monday where the post game guys are so uh mikey miss Derek gunn and seth and devin i thought they did a good job yesterday i was watching them actually when i was in the car i was driving up to the airport and i had them on in the car so i'll be at the gallery on monday mike once again thanks for coming on i always appreciate it sure thing all right, guys, and I got to give my tribute to Joey McDonald. We're going to put a bow on the show right after this. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. guys like button comment it's been a lot of fun the first overreaction monday of nfl season uh 
I'm on four hours sleep, still fired up from week one games. I'm going to say this right now. I already heard it on Sports Talk Radio. It's driving me nuts already. I don't care Devonta Smith did not catch a pass yesterday. I could give a rat's ass if Devonta Smith has 10 catches or zero catches. The Eagles are one and them. That's what I care about. As someone who bowls competitively, I feel a hell of a lot better about 160 games and winning than I do about 240 games and losing. I just do. And Devonta Smith feels the same way. Guarantee it. He's an athlete. He's a competitor. Look, he's going to get his. Jalen Hurts said it. A.J. Brown said it. He's going to have his days. I'm sorry your fantasy team lost because Devonta Smith did not catch a pass. I'm sorry. Guess what? I have him too. He didn't catch a pass. Deal with it. The Eagles scored 38 points with Devonta Smith Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal catch him one pass. And you know what? I would force feed A.J. Brown every single day of the week with how open he was. You got exactly what you wanted, Eagles fans. You got a number one wide receiver who won you that game yesterday. Him and Jalen Hurts won you that game. I don't want to hear a single Jalen Hurts detractor on any of these shows today, on anything. You won that game. The Philadelphia Eagles won because of Jalen Hurts yesterday. Bottom line, I don't need to hear it. The Eagles are a good football team, and they have a good quarterback. By the way, Jalen Hurts was blitzed more than anybody not named Patrick Mahomes yesterday, and he beat him. That's pretty much my recap of what the Eagles did yesterday leading in the Birds 3-6-5. We can complain about the defense all you want. I, 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 you want to complain about defense? Awesome. Go for it. Have John Vigandon's head. Do not complain about this offense. That scored 38 points yesterday. I don't care Devonta Smith didn't catch a pass. A.J. Brown balled out. Jalen Hurts balled out. Miles Sanders balled out. This team ran for 200 yards yesterday. 200 yards. They had four different guys score a touchdown the first time since 1961 that's happened for this franchise. This is a good offense that's going to score points. Don't create fake outrage over Devonta Smith. That's all I got to say. Tomorrow, good morning, NFC East. Going to have a fun guest tomorrow. We're going to have Matt Labardo on the show. We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to recap week two, week one, and we'll go into week two. Once again, my name's Jeff Kerr. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hit that like button. Have a good day.